Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Kirsty, and this is the Art of Decluttering podcast and welcome to our Christmas series. To give Amy and I a much needed break after this incredible year, we are spending the next five Mondays replaying some of our favorite famous guest interviews for your listening pleasure. This week, we are replaying our conversation with the fantastic Courtney Carver, During our conversation, we find out why Courtney now makes decisions more quickly and with greater clarity. Courtney talks to us about her love of experiments and how she loves to get curious. She also challenges us all to shift our self-talk to be more positive. As always, there is so much wisdom and gold in this conversation, and so we hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to the Art of Decluttering. We are so glad you are with us today. I am your host, Amy Ravel. And I am your other host, Kirsty Farucha. And we are so excited because we have a third mic in our virtual studio today. And you probably all know who it is because it's come up on our tile. But we have the amazing Courtney Carver with us. So hello, Courtney. Hi there. Welcome. I just wanted to say a massive thank you so much because you have been such an incredible inspiration to me and my family um, and a teacher of sorts for because around 10 years ago I started this minimalism geek um, journey and it was because I was reading Be More With Less uh, and following your minimalism journey. So you, along with a few other minimalist writers, um, transformed the way I thought about my stuff and the direction of my life has taken ever since. So the art of decluttering would not be here <laughs> and we would not be serving our clients and our audience the way we do if it wasn't for you, Courtney. So thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's my fangirling out of the way. You must have been reading right from the start yes. then because I think I started 10 years ago, I guess 10 and a half years ago. So wow, thank you. That's great. I'm so glad that the art of decluttering is here. <laughs> yes, we are glad to. We have had innumerable requests like innumerable for you to be a guest on our show and so we know that there's going to be lots of our listeners getting all giddy um but for the few that haven't heard of you Courtney can you just explain what you do who you are and a little bit about yourself sure so I am a writer author teacher mom wife Uh, all the things. I started bemorewithless.com back in 2010, which feels some days like five minutes ago and other days like, I don't know, a hundred years ago and have been sharing my journey right from the start. I mean, I started long before I was decluttered or debt-free or had my act together in any kind of way. 
not that I have it all together now by any means, but I had a long way to go and I was able to share that journey and progression on the blog and still continue to do that. So it's been really cool for me because I get some accountability in the things I say I'm going to do. And then I also get to hear from so many people all around the world about how they're doing similar things. So I get inspired right back, which is really cool. Say, tell us a little bit or tell us as much, tell us all about your journey. (laughs) (laughs) How much time? Yeah, we've got as much time as you want. I know that all our listeners will be hanging on to every word that you say, like Amy and I are. So take Take over our show, Courtney. It's yours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't start uh, the blog or simplifying my life because I thought I wanted a simpler life or because I thought decluttering would be a healthy thing to do, which it has been. Uh, But it wasn't out of anything other than actually probably fear that I got started. And that's because back in 2006... Um, so about 14 years ago, I was, uh, running the American dream life. So overextended in every area of my world, um, overextended with my time, with my money, um, with my attention, with my energy. And I just thought that's the way it was supposed to be that we were just supposed to run ourselves ragged all the time and be deep in debt and, just have whatever we wanted. It was a really, to to, to think about it now, it just seems like such a different life and such a different person, but I just wasn't very thoughtful about what I allowed into my home or into my mind space or really with any of the decisions I made. And that all came to a screeching halt when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis after months of feeling terrible, just run down, lots of fatigue, lots of vertigo, um, tingling in my hands, numbness in my face. And I had had all those symptoms at other times of my life and they were easily explained. You know, I was, of course I was tired. I was raising a a child and working full time. Uh, I must have tingling in my hands because I pinched a nerve. Mm -hmm. Uh, The vertigo, my doctor said was probably an ear infection. But when I had all the symptoms at once, I finally started doing um, more digging and more tests and learned that I had MS. Ironically, while I was training for a fundraising bike ride to raise money for MS. So When I got my diagnosis, I was, of course, terrified. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I just knew that I had to figure something out because I I just didn't want my health to decline. And I thought, if there's a way, I'll just figure it out. And I started researching, seeing how people were living well with MS and what they were doing. And all the research that I did came back to... uh, lowering stress. And because I just wanted to do it as well as I could, I decided I would just eliminate stress altogether. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) 2020 is like, I see you. (laughs) No, it, it, I, I just thought, how can I get rid of this stress that I've created? I knew there was a lot of stress in life that was completely out of my control, but I thought if I could just focus on the stress that I had created myself, there was plenty of that, that maybe I could make some headway. And so I started looking at, you know, what was stressful in my life in each area and only looking at one thing at a time, because up until that point, when I wanted to change something, I usually wanted to change everything and I wanted to change it overnight. I wanted it to be fast and furious and glamorous and it never worked. And yet still for decades, I did the same thing over and over again. So this time I decided I was going to change slowly, one thing at a time. And that is really the core of of my journey, you know, looking at my diet and making changes, looking at um, money and making changes, looking at my stuff and making changes. And after a while, I started to notice that while I was reducing stress, the thread that connected all of these areas was simplicity. 
And then I got really excited about simplifying everything even more. So we feel that we share a similar heart for the world as you, because as a business, we exist to transform the world through intentional living by equipping people to clear the clutter in their heads, hearts, and homes. So for us, it's never just about the stuff. And we are known for digging deeper and getting people to question their why and to question their objections to what we suggest. (laughs) So on that note, can you share why you believe that love is at the center of everything? Mm, Yeah. So I often say uh, simplicity is the way back to love. And I realized that again, not at first, it took me quite a long time to get there actually, because I was focused on those external things because those were the things that I could actually do. I could get rid of the clutter. I could get rid of extra measuring cups, you know, there were things I could quantify so that I could see the progress. But after a while, I realized that I wasn't just making space in my home for more space. I was creating space for more life. Mm -hmm. And so I was coming back to work I loved because of how I had simplified my life. I was coming back to the people I love in that I could be present for them and show up for them finally, because I wasn't so overwhelmed and distracted all the time. And maybe most importantly, I could come back to myself. I found myself again. And that kind of love is, I mean, it just really changes everything. It changes how you approach everything. It changes how you make decisions, changes how you take care of yourself and the people around you. And that's, what I'm most grateful for. I mean, certainly I'm thrilled that I'm healthy and, and well, that was the original, uh, I guess, jumping off point, but less than offered so much more to me that it makes my job really easy to, to continue to talk about the benefits of simplifying your life. Courtney, we want to talk about Project 333 in just a minute. But first of all, um, in your book, Soulful Simplicity, you talk about the concept of having to do things you don't really want to do so that you get to do the things that make you who you are and who you want to be and how you want to feel. So I'd love you to share with our community like how that compares to the message that the world gives us, which is bigger, better, more and what you've discovered about bigger, better, more, not actually helping you achieve your objectives in life. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when your sights are focused on more all the time, you lose complete connection with what enough means. And I think the further we get away from enough, the more confused we get about what matters to us. And so it might start out about the stuff and when I'm thinking about more, I'm thinking about all the things I don't have, which means I can't appreciate anything I do have. And again, that could be about stuff. It could be about the people in my life. It could be about how I'm spending my time, how I'm feeling. So I always try to pay attention to why I'm thinking about more when that comes up, uh, whether that's within my work, like I'm going to work more or I'm trying to grow something bigger like, why am I, why am I growing it bigger? And, and might it make more sense to go deeper versus wider or whatever that is. So I'm always questioning that because I know for me, at least the more, more, more thing really just broke me. Yeah. It's exhausting, isn't it? Exhausting, exhausting. And then it's never enough. That's the real problem is that when you're focused on more, it is never enough. And so you will always be striving and reaching and pushing and forcing. And still there'll be something inside that says not enough. Keep going, keep climbing the ladder, keep jumping through the hoops, keep, why? Like, when do we get to enjoy what we have? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) You uh, talk about in your books how you weren't, really, and you've shared with us just before that you never really questioned your life. And now it sounds like that's all you do, not all you do, but you're often questioning things. So um, can you tell us about that 
shift that has occurred for you and how that occurred for you because you know we we want to encourage people to always be questioning well it's interesting because even though I ask more questions now I make decisions much more quickly uh, than I used to because I have great clarity about what I want and so I don't do a lot of the second guessing that I used to do I don't have to bring in a committee to decide what I'm going to have for lunch or what my next work project should be. So there are a lot of things that because I feel so much more connected to myself, I can make decisions with more ease. Um, But I do ask questions when, especially if I find myself kind of shifting into that autopilot mode that we can all fall into from time to time when we're feeling overwhelmed or we're tired or we don't feel well. There's, I think, just this kind of place that for whatever reason, we go back to our old habits or just how we're used to acting and just kind of think, well, it's happening all around us. Everybody's doing this. This is the way it is. So I'm going to do it too. Not ever asking, will this make me happy? Will this help me contribute to the world? Will, you know, so I think we just have to put our assumptions through a few more layers, whether that be questioning decisions we're going to make or even thoughts that we have. That's been my latest obsession is questioning all the things I think because half of it is such crap. And I know that because I write down a lot of the stuff I think, and I'm like, who (laughs) are you? This, no, like you, so we think a lot of things. And we, if we don't stop to question it and we think all of our thoughts are true, that really gets us into um, heaps of trouble. If I may pull out some Australian (laughs) (laughs) Australianism. (laughs) I think that's so true, Courtney. Sometimes when I hear a client um, talking to themselves and maybe they're trying on a piece of clothing and go, I look so fat in this. I'm terrible. I don't have any good clothes. I always look rubbish. Like, would you speak like that to someone that you loved? No. Well, then, you know, you need to show yourself some more love because the thoughts in our heads are not always loving towards us. Exactly. And nor are they true. I mean, I think that's the the even bigger problem. I mean, yeah, we say terrible things to ourselves, but we also lie to ourselves. Like we get ourselves all worked up thinking something that isn't true. And if we can just take a minute, especially about other people, like if we've been in a conversation with someone and after the conversation, we replay it and think all the things we think they think. We're just making all that stuff up, but it's making us mad at that person mm-hmm. or <laughs> frustrated or something that we don't need to feel. So that that's more challenging. But I think that takes time. I mean, it's not like you, I think that you just wake up and start doing that. I think that you can and connect with someone like um, Byron Katie and look at her work, the work, and see how to question your thoughts and practice it. I mean, I think it's kind of like practicing meditation or yoga or whatever it is, uh, learning a new skill. Um, You know, these aren't things that come naturally at first. And so sometimes it feels really weird. And I think we have to give ourselves kind of that grace and space to learn something new. We love how you encourage people to view things as an experiment as well. And like, I love that um, you're friends with Brooke McCallery because we love her as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. we love Brooke. <laughs> um, that whole idea of just trying things and giving it a go and practicing it and experimenting rather than thinking that this is a lifetime commitment and that like you were talking about before, like a wholesale change, like right from now on, I'm going to get up at five 30 and in the morning. And every time I don't, I'm the worst person ever because I'm so pathetic at keeping to a habit and all of that junk instead of just looking at it as an experiment and looking at it um, with grace and gentleness, like you just said. So Can you talk to us more about your ideas on experimentation? Yeah, I think experiments or challenges are so good to be able to really see for yourself if some of your thoughts are true or not, and really see for yourself when you say, I could never do that, 
as soon as I think that to myself, I could never do that. I think I have to now do that because <laughs> there's something that's bothering me about it. <clears throat> something I'm curious about. So to frame it like an experiment, it usually has a start date and an end date. And you can be more curious about it because the purpose is not to achieve something at the end, but to learn along the way. At least that's how Say that I again, it. Courtney. Say that again. That's Ooh, so good. I hope I can. So the purpose of an experiment or a challenge is not to achieve something at the end, but to notice the lessons or to learn things along the way that then you can apply to your life, right? At the boom. end. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. <laughs> did I say it right? Yes, you time? did. So anyway, you say it is perfect because ah <laughs> <laughs> oh. and that and that allows you to stop doing the whole judgmental thing like you were talking about if I, if my experiment is to wake up at 5:30 every day to see if I like getting up early in the morning not because everybody says it's great to wake up early in the morning because that's what's best for them mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what's best for me so I have to try it and if I feel crappy after two weeks of waking up at 5.30 in the morning, I know that this is not best for me. But if I notice that I have more time to be creative and I feel good and it's making me happy, then I am going to continue. One example, which everyone's probably just going to shut the podcast off right after I say this, (laughs) but my latest experiment has been taking cold showers first thing in the morning. Me too. I love It's amazing, right? What is it, Courtney? It's so good, but I really don't like it for the first, I don't know, as soon as my first leg goes in, I'm like, you're so dumb. This is terrible. And then within, I don't know, 2.5 seconds, I'm dancing. Yeah, reinvigorated. Yeah, I feel really wide awake. And I started in the summer and again, I was going to do it as an experiment for 30 days and see, does this make me feel better or not? makes me feel great. And so I'm still doing it many, many months later. I did notice that in the winter, it's even colder. The water coming out <laughs> is even colder. The underground temperature is significantly Ooh. colder. However, it's something that really works for me. And so I do it first thing once I, so I wake up and I meditate and then I take a cold shower. And I do that before tea or coffee or talking to anybody or looking at anything on my phone because I know that it it changes me in some way those three or four minutes and it is only three or four minutes yeah my our water it's bill fast. has gone down since I started taking cold showers because you do not <laughs> hang out in there and just ponder things <laughs> no I put on a three to four minute song and then when the song is finished the water's off and I'm out and then I'm wide awake mm-hmm. When do you wash your hair? Do you wash your hair in those three minutes? Yeah, I don't actually. Mm. So I, I only need to wash my hair a couple times a week and I'll usually take, like, I love a hot bath as well. So I'll take a tub in the afternoon and then wash my hair afterwards. Okay, good. Cause I wash mine in the cold shower though. Cause I love I the cold that, on I... my scalp. Oh, <laughs> I'm craving one now. <laughs> You're too funny. No. <laughs> I mean, I have done it, but it's not my favorite. Like I like to, I don't want to rush that, I guess. And I think I would. Yeah. So good. You've inspired me to continue trying come winter. Um, it hasn't been a particularly cold winter in Melbourne, either that or we just haven't left our houses. So cold showers have been fine. But I, I'm a bit nervous about the cold, cold, cold winter showers. So I'll, I'll keep you posted. It'll be okay. So one of the big experiments that you started and that has revolutionized the whole world (laughs) is project 333 so can you tell us more about that sure so project 333 is probably my the experiment that started as a personal experiment that has reached more people than I ever imagined I really did think it was going to be me three months maybe a handful of people. (laughs) And now we're celebrating 10 years. There's a book about it, a a course. I mean, lots of people have tried all over the world. And it's a fashion challenge, a minimalist fashion challenge that invites you to dress with 33 items or less for three months. And that includes clothing, 
jewelry, accessories, and shoes. Does not include underwear, sleepwear, uh, lounge around the home clothes or uh, workout clothes, but your workout clothes have to work out if you're not going to count them. So <laughs> you can't just wear them. Can't, and you don't go to yoga, then you have to count them in your 33 items. And it's three months. You're not shopping during those three months. Uh, it works for people who um, work in the corporate world, uh, people who work at home, moms, students, teachers, men, women. It really is for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is something of value for most people who try it. They learn something about their shopping habits or their clothing taste. Or, I mean, for me, I learned all of those things, created a lot of space, time, and money. But probably one of the best discoveries for me is that nobody noticed what I was wearing. And I was shocked. I was like, nobody's thinking about me all the time as much as I thought they were. I mean, what's going on here? But then I realized if no one's thinking about me all the time, then all these other decisions I make in my life, I don't have to worry about what other people are thinking about them. And that has given me incredible freedom to make changes in my work and my life. And, uh, and not worry about if I am pleasing everyone. Amy, it's nearly Christmas. I feel like it was Christmas just yesterday, Kirst. 2020 has just blown my mind in terms of the speed of time. Have you started setting up Christmas yet? No, no. I can't, um, I've got my head in the sand as far as Christmas is concerned. I haven't <laughs> even started thinking about it, buying presents or doing anything to do with Christmas. Surely I agree. It is only March 2020, although I do not want to repeat of this year. No. So I don't want to go <laughs> back done. through it. <laughs> <We're Yes. done. laughs> but What's... you don't have to be done, dear listeners. I know. We are really excited. Our 12 Days of Christmas Declutter Challenge is back again for 2020. And if there's ever a year that you need a Christmas Declutter Challenge to kickstart you into the Christmas season, this is the year. It's an awesome course. This is the fourth year, I think, that we're running it. Um, Kirst, tell us what the listeners get when they join. You get like 24 videos, don't you? Let mm -hmm. me get this right. 24 videos, 12 were with Amy, and she goes through different parts of your house and different items that you can declutter, and then 12 are with me, and they're more Christmas orientated. So not only do you get to declutter in preparation, your house in preparation for Christmas, you also get to think about Christmas. So it's exciting, and there's yes. loads of bonuses. There's Christmas wish lists and all these lots and lots of things um, all in this really cute little package called the 12 Days of Christmas Declutter Challenge. And if you want to buy it as a gift for yourself, it's super inexpensive. It's just $27 and you get lifetime access to the course. In fact, someone came into our 2 million party the other day and said that the 12 Days of Christmas Declutter Challenge was the thing that started her on a journey to decluttering and that has changed her life. After that was pretty incredible for a $27 course. Um, you can do it at your own pace, which is awesome. The hacks in there for Christmas are just brilliant. You're absolutely going to love it. So, Kirst, where do they go? So head on over to our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au slash Christmas, and you can sign up to the course there. We can't wait to hear how you go decluttering this Christmas. Come and join us. I won't be the same without you love the flow on effects of that the freedom that you experienced in one area just was an open floodgate to freedom in other areas and yeah everything's connected <laughs> it really is and Courtney it's not so much about having a uniform is it it's not about saying I will always be the person that wears jeans and a white t-shirt it's actually about having items that you can mix and match and versatile and um I mean obviously everybody does it differently but we'd love to hear how you do it Sure. It really is about whatever you want. So some people do it with skirts and dresses mostly, other people, um, pants, shirt, blazer, sweaters. Uh, it really depends. I mean, my sister, she told me if she did it, she would do it with 32 handbags and a pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever works for you, uh, she knows her weakness for sure. <laughs> 
but for me, it's typically like a pair of jeans, a pair of leggings, a skirt and a dress, and then mostly tops, uh, whether it be, you know, shirts, sweaters, a blazer, a warm coat, depends on the season. So I live in a four season state in Utah. So my winter wardrobe looks a lot different than my summer wardrobe, but each season, a lot carries over. So Mm -hmm. more than 50% of each wardrobe carries over into the next. So it's not as if I've got 33 items for each of four seasons. But one thing that I discovered is that 33 items, that's enough for me. And even when I had 133 or whatever the number was, I was still only wearing a small selection of clothes, but I had to sort through all of the other crap every morning Mm -hmm. to get there. And maybe I didn't have to physically move it around, but I had to look at it. And I didn't even know this was happening until it was gone, but I was letting my emotional connection with those clothes affect how I felt about myself every single day. So if I was looking at clothes with tags still hanging on it, I would feel guilty for spending money on something I didn't wear or spending too much money. If there were clothes in there that didn't fit me, I would feel bad about that. And all these little things that would just layer by layer kind of eat away at me every day. Once those items were gone, so were those negative emotions. They just went right out the closet with those items because I couldn't remember what I had taken out. I just got, got it out the door. I didn't get rid of anything. So when you try this challenge, it truly is an experiment because you're not getting rid of all your other stuff. You're just getting it out of sight so that you can have a little bit of space and see what it feels like for three months to only wear your favorite things. So good. So do you want to tell us more about your decluttering journey completely, like as a whole, because you lived in a massive house, everything chock-a-block full, all the cupboards, everything full, and now you don't. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. So I... I was one of those people who anytime I bought things, I just saved it and collected it and moved it with me whenever I moved. And when we started this journey, we were in a, I guess a 2000 square foot home with a garage and an attic and a shed in the backyard and everything was full. Like we had all the stuff you're supposed to have and then some, and then all the stuff that I had that I never used anymore. I just, got it, you know, put it in a box and put it in the garage or put it in the attic or in a closet and just kept holding on. And so with the decluttering, at some point we started to have empty rooms in our house because we had gotten rid of so much stuff that we never used. And then it was probably a couple of years down the line that we decided we didn't need as much house. And so we sold our house and downsized to an apartment that was less than half the size of our house. And I remember I had a few boxes set aside that said, um, save for storage and decide later, because I just didn't know if I was ready to let go. And when we found the apartment we wanted to move into, there was no storage. And I, I just couldn't like get a storage bin or whatever you want to call it. Um, I couldn't make myself do that. And so I just got rid of everything in the boxes and there's no amount of money you could give me to tell you right now what was in those boxes because (laughs) I cannot remember. And I, it just makes me laugh because I thought it was so important that it was worth holding on to, but clearly not. Uh, so that was kind of the trajectory for us is just getting rid of so much stuff that we didn't need such a big house. Um, to take care of. And I think then that flows into um, a quote. We're going to quote you back to you. You say, instead of working so hard to make ends meet, work on having fewer ends. And so I imagine downsizing and halving the size of your home and changing your mindset around possessions had a financial effect. And you mentioned before debt. Tell us a little bit about the financial side of minimalism for you guys. Sure. Um, So I went into debt when I was 18. Like the minute I could get my hands on a credit card, I was in debt. And I just stayed on that path for a really long time. And I remember kind of being into my late 20s thinking, well, 
I'm already in so much debt. What's it matter? Mm-hmm. May as well just keep going. But what I wasn't addressing is how bad I felt about that and how, yeah, I could brush it off, but those debt collectors calling and, you know, having to make decisions at the end of the month about money that I didn't have, like that was really uncomfortable and felt very irresponsible for me. Um, I know it's different for everyone, but for me, there were a lot of negative feelings associated with it. And I remember when we got to this part of life that was stressful and the stress that I wanted to reduce, I just remember thinking, I don't know how we're going to do it, but if we were debt-free, if we didn't owe anybody any money, how, you know, how would that feel? And I could just, I could feel the lightness before I even paid off one debt Mm -hmm. of what that would feel like. And so my husband and I decided that we were just going to go all in and prioritize our debts. So not buying a lot of other things for a few years and, and we just paid everything off cars, student loans, credit cards, store cards, um, everything. And it was just a phenomenal feeling to get to that place of, of being debt-free. And now it just serves us in so many Mm. ways. I mean, we can give back, we can save, we were able to um, put our daughter through college. And it was in that, that moment that I started to think about these ends because I was always that like make ends meet person. Like I got to make ends meet. I have to pay the bills and I don't have enough money. Or I was always running late for meetings or I was always out of energy. And I, my, my solution before was always looking to more, like, how can I get more credit or how can I, um, stay up later and have more energy or how can I, like, I just wanted more of it, but the answer, I I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out. I'm a slow learner evidently because the answer was less. Like I just needed fewer ends. I needed fewer places to go, fewer things to spend money on, um, fewer, uh, bills even. And that's what I started focusing on. And that again, really came back to this whole idea of simplicity. Very good. Very good. We chat about in our podcast, Are We There Yet? about the concept that as you progress in paying down debt or decluttering or becoming more intentional and simplifying um, and that there comes freedom from overwhelm, but there's also freedom to focus on living intentionally and so do you ever get that question from your um, tribe of, are we there yet? Or when am I going to get there? I mean, we stay super focused on tiny steps and slow progress. And again, staying in that moment of the lessons are within the progress and don't do a lot of, are we here yet? Because because it's not a, you know, a, a start at point A and go to point B. It looks different for everyone. I mean, people with little kids or people who are taking care of their elderly parents or people who have health challenges or um, it's different for everyone. So this can't be a, you start here and you finish here and we all end up at the same place. It just doesn't work like that. Uh, so it's just a much, it's a much different path. And it's based more on how do you feel right now than are you there yet? So you don't have to be debt-free to start feeling great about the fact that you are working on paying off your debt. Um, you don't have to have decluttered your entire home or life to feel lighter and more hopeful. So it's really staying present because when we start focusing on what's at the end, we lose all sense of what's happening Mm. right here and right now. So we miss the lessons. We miss the joy. We totally bypass joy. And sometimes where that end point is, isn't even where we need to go or where we'll end up because we have to shift course because there's a pandemic or there is something else. So 
we have to stay where we are and, and decide how we feel in that moment. And it doesn't feel great every day, but the more connected we, we are with how we feel on a day by day basis, the more intentional we can be about the changes we want to make. Uh, and the, the more effortless that process becomes. And that's really embodied by your be more with less because it's not have more with less and it's not feel more. It's be more like it's about who you are and about that intentionality is it. And that looks really different for different people. For some people that's pursuing higher education for others that's starting a business for other that's meditating or working part-time or being a stay-at-home parent. Like I love, I love, I love, I love that be more with less because you don't need more in order to be more agree yes good i'm glad you do (laughs) thank you want flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> so you've spoken about your habits that you, some of them, we know that you do meditation and that you jump in the shower. What are some of the other habits that have come along on this long journey that you've been on? Yeah, well, I I write almost every day. So I, and not for the sake of, of creating content or collecting information, but just to get all the junk that's running around up in my head onto paper. And then I typically get rid of that at some point, whether I shred it or burn it, I just want it gone. It sounds therapeutic to shred and burn it. Oh yeah, it is. It's great. Uh, and sometimes if it builds up and I've got all of these journals around of all of these things that I've been thinking, I don't like that feeling mm-hmm. either. It just feels very heavy. Um, so I don't like to hold on to them for very long. And there might be an idea or two that I get when I'm doing that journaling that I might extract. But for the most part, it's really just to clear the cobwebs and to have a, a kind of a clean slate for the day. Um, I love to read, uh, which I do pretty regularly, but I'm trying to think of uh, like daily, daily habits. Um, Meditation for me is probably one of the the bigger ones. One of the ones I spend more time on now, even than I did before. Um, I used to spend a few minutes a day and now I spend about 40 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes, twice a day meditating. Uh, And it's a really um, important habit of mine to go to bed early and to do my best to sleep well. I can't control that all the time, but I'm just a better person when I sleep. I think we all are. And on the days that I'm sleep deprived, like nobody should have to be near me. It just isn't fair. <laughs> Not even yourself. <laughs> yes. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Amy had one of those days yesterday. <laughs> I did. I just woke up with vertigo and I mean, you know, vertigo, it's awful. awful. Oh my gosh. It's so debilitating. So debilitating. Um, we'd love you to tell us about your podcast that you do with your lovely daughter, Bailey called soul and wit. I want to know whether you're the soul or the wit or whether you're both <laughs> a bit of soul and both a bit of wit. I think we're probably both a little bit of both. Uh, gosh, I learned so much from her in 
In so many different ways. I mean, just not even talking about the podcast, but she is probably my biggest inspiration mm -hmm. for growth and for being open. Um, like I could get, I just get teary even yeah, thinking I about her because I love beautiful. her so much. Uh, and so a, a little over a year ago, we were both talking about starting podcasts. So she was going to start something on her own and I was going to do something to help with the launch of the Project 333 book. And the more I thought of it, the more I thought, like, I don't really want to do that. It's, it's so short-lived and I, I just don't want to put all this time and energy into something just to serve as a pro promotional mm. vehicle. It just didn't feel right to me. And then Bailey tried to record her podcast and she called me afterwards. She's like, I'm so bored with myself in this room. I just can't take it. <laughs> And that night I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, oh my gosh, we should do something together. And then I thought, is she going to want that? Like, <laughs> is she going to want to do a podcast with her mom? And I called and asked her about it and she thought it was a good idea. And so we just started talking and doing it and it kind of sprung from, so she calls me almost every morning and we just talk about nothing, but I laugh so hard and we just have so much fun. And I've always thought like people should be able to listen in on this. And so I thought if I could bring a little bit of that to the podcast, that would be really fun. And that's what it's turned into at least the very beginning of the, of each episode, which is fun. And I didn't know, honestly, if anyone else would think it was fun. It is just because I did, <laughs> but people do. And so we're having a great time. We've been doing it for a little over a year now and I just look forward to recording with her and sharing the episodes and that's the best thing we could be doing. I love it. I love listening to it. It makes me so hopeful for my nine-year-old that we will have a relationship <laughs> like you guys do because it's so beautiful. There's so yeah. much um, love flowing between both of you, but there's also so much um, grace that you give each other um, and and space that you give each other to be who you're designed to be. Like, and I really, like, I really, really love listening to it from that perspective, like going, Oh, I really hope that when my daughter's 24 or 25, that I can be as encouraging of her like you are to Bailey. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I mean, I think if the more we can be like that for each other, all of us, I mean, the happier we're all, we're all going to be. And it's hard because sometimes you think you know what's better for someone and they know what is for themselves and you just want to impart your wisdom all over them. We never have that <laughs> as business partners, Courtney, never. <laughs> or never have that as podcasters who share tips and tricks yeah. on how to declutter. <laughs> right, right. Well, hey, if you're tuning in, then you're asking for all this wisdom. But I'm just talking about just our, our friends and family and the more we can like just make like you just said make space for each other uh, to sort of unfold I think the the better our relationships are and we don't have control over other people anyway so just let it go like it's a constant theme of mine you gotta let it go let it go I'm always singing Elsa always <laughs> I was gonna say wait wait for it Kirst is gonna sing <laughs> okay <laughs> And thank you for sending me down the rabbit hole that is Byron Katie. Um, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. We could talk about powerful that. work. Yeah. Like, yes, I've been, I like it was listening to something of hers the other day and I sent it to um, one of our staff members, even though, you know, that's not the point of her work. <laughs> Like, but I was like, well, if Courtney does it to Bailey, then I can do it to my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always remind. I, I can usually catch myself first. Like I know as soon as I'm not in my own business anymore and I'm in Bailey's business or someone else's and I'll just go a little bit further and then I'll rein myself back in and say, you're out of your business lady. Like get out. <laughs> I love it. Come back, come back. Hey. Amy's pretty good at telling me to get out of her business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. We've been in relationship over 20 years. So, you know, we're like sisters. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Courtney, is there anything else that you think um, you would like to share with our community that we haven't quite got to yet? 
I don't think so. I think this has been such a fun conversation. I really appreciate you asking such thoughtful questions. Where can people find you online? Um, don't give us your home address, but maybe give us your online address. <laughs> uh, so they can find me at bemorewithless.com or on Instagram at bemorewithless. That's probably the place I'm most active on social media. Oh, awesome. And those links will be in our show notes, but Kirst just had a brainwave. Well, no, I just wanted to talk to you about social media, actually, because I find it so such a tricky space to be Mm. in you know we need to be on it for our business um and and we love engaging with our listeners and people who are interacting with our with our business there but it's so tricky and especially instagram i find really tricky and really triggering as well but then I hear so many people like you and other people who I really admire who are on Instagram and I'm like how how do you put boundaries around that and how so I was just really curious because you know you're on my podcast and I can ask you all these questions (laughs) I think you you just have to get to a place where you don't really care. So you don't care about the scroll, most importantly. And that can come just by paying attention to when you're scrolling and when you're finished, asking yourself what you just saw. Mm. And when you realize you have no memory of what just happened, and it was basically just a black hole of, of time, then you either do it more thoughtfully, you put boundaries around it, or back to the first thing I said is you just stop caring. And so I can pretty easily go on and post something and engage in the comments and then not give it another thought for the day. There's certain times of year, like right now I'm checking in a little bit more, looking at um, Bailey's Christmas decor or seeing uh, what our podcast listeners are sharing, things like that. But it's not I guess social media has become so much less of a personal thing for me over the years. Um, For instance, uh, Pinterest, Bailey runs my Pinterest completely. So I just give her that. Sometimes I'll call her and I'll be like, I wanted to look for something, but I don't even know where to find my board, my (laughs) boards, where are my boards? And she'll just message back, LOL. I'm like, no, actually for real. (laughs) And then on Facebook, I just schedule um, most of the posts. So I don't really not there. Um, It's more like you just have to kind of see how it works within your business or your personal life. And I know for Facebook, for me, that's a big um, traffic driver. Like people are finding my website because of Facebook. And so I do feel compelled to stay there, but I'm really not present on the platform. And then Twitter... Um, during this latest election cycle, I just deleted every single person I follow and just stopped doing Twitter at all because it was just so terrible to go there and just listen to the conversations that were, were happening. I couldn't figure out a way to create any kind of value or to get any kind of value. And so I just thought, uh, I'll just start over. But I've never, I haven't wanted to. So it's been months and I just keep thinking, should I? Probably not. It's not time. So yeah, it just depends. And then again, with the Instagram, like just really pay attention to what you're seeing and why you're scrolling and how you're engaging. And if it's not serving you, stop. Thank you. (laughs) Kess is going to have to replay that bit. Yeah. I'm not. Or, I'm already not really on Instagram, and that like this is this is my tension that I really mm. want to be interacting with our community, and I really value them and really love them, and I really love my family, <laughs> and I really exactly. want to be with my family, and especially when my family, when my nine and eleven year old go, Mom, are you on Facebook again? Or they'll be going, Mom, Mom mom, mom. And I realize, uh, or, and I'm very, um, noticing a lot more lately when I'm out and about and I see little kids asking for their parents' attention and yet their parents' face is in the phone. And I'm all, I just want to go up and shake them, but that would be hypocritical because I am that parent as well. And so just trying to process this all at the moment is how, 
how do I care and love for the community that we've worked really hard to establish? And I do honestly love our listeners and love our community and just that, that tension because I actually love my family more. (laughs) Yeah. As you should. As I should. And you're you're caring for your community by, by doing the podcast and sharing the, your information in that way. And so if that means once a week you're on Instagram doing some connecting or you have a, a set like live, like Instagram live, if you wanted to do live interactions, whatever it was, is, there's ways to do it without being there all the time. Uh, I, I don't think that shows because then you're not walking the walk. And so you're saying to them, pay attention to your families and be intentional. And I'm going to tell you all about it while I'm on Instagram all the time. Like that doesn't feel right. There's a disconnect there. So I think you're doing the right thing. You just have to, you're not missing anything. Thank you. (laughs) I know our listeners are going to be like, no, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking girls. But we do want to honor your time. And we want to just honor the fact that you even came on to our, our, what we think is an amazing podcast, but (laughs) I'm happy to, I'm really happy to. I've loved our conversation. I just wanted to read a um, review that someone has left a couple of days ago. So we've been doing um, a leave a rate and review if, and then we give some kind of parameter. So this week I want to encourage you to rate and review our podcast. If you like Courtney live in the States, so we would love to get some rates and reviews from our U.S. listeners. This um, this review I'm about to read out was left on Apple Podcasts from Bell, and it's titled "So Much More Than Just Tidying Up," and it's a five star review. And she says this podcast is beyond fantastic. I've been listening to Kirsty and Amy for about six months now, um, from when I stumbled across the Out of Decluttering podcast during lockdown. Being a mum to a two-year-old and a newborn at the time, these amazing ladies helped me see the light in some very dark moments. I felt like all was lost. I had a cluttered and messy home, especially now that I was sleep-deprived again. And that was until Kirsty and Amy's encouragement motivated me just to start small. I'm still a long way from done, but I can honestly say that my thoughts towards material possessions has totally changed. Being intentional makes so much sense to me now. And each day I aim, even if only in a very small way, to make intentional choices and decisions that will best serve my whole family. I couldn't have done this without inspiration from you both. Thank you is simply not enough to show my appreciation, but it's all I have right now. So here's a big thank you. Oh, thank you, Belle. And that's a perfect alignment, Courtney, to what we've just been the last hour talking about. I love that. I'm going to steal that idea as well and start reading reviews on our podcast. I hope you don't mind. Do it. Very Absolutely do it. I love it's, that. It's not that we came up with it first. <laughs> we probably stole it from someone else. <laughs> I love it. It's such a wonderful way of connecting with our audience too. Like they love it. They get excited if they hear. And we just, we, we just really, really appreciate that people would take two minutes to write something to encourage other people to listen to us. So on that note, we, Amy and I want to encourage you all to find out as much as possible, read everything that Courtney's ever done today. Good luck, guys. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years of blogging, two books, <laughs> three books, and a podcast. But definitely tune into Soul and Wit. Um, what day is it released again, Courtney? Uh, we release every Monday. Yeah. So Beautiful. Tuesdays for us Australians. And it is really, as, as you've probably heard from my gushing review, it is a really, really good gorgeous podcast beautiful thank you thank you again Courtney for joining us today and we will thank you guys we will see you all next week have a great week everyone bye bye thanks for joining us if you've learned something awesome today we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website artofdecluttering.com.au So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. 
We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.